0: podcast platforms be sure to give me a follow on facebook instagram and tiktok as well at matt stocks dj that way you can keep up to date with all of my live q a dates my dj performances and of course who's coming up on the show as well but without further ado let's crack on with the show shall we here we go hiring for
1: your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place
0: Yo, brother. how are you jess hanging in there
1: man i'm doing all right how
0: about you i'm doing all right yeah um you know i'm used to adapting and hustling for survival so yes, in that you are. <laughs> in that sense this isn't anything new to me uh but obviously the the scale of this thing the nature of it uh, the uncertainty of it all is obviously foreboding and, and unsettling isn't it in so many ways um before we get yeah. to before we get to the crazy corona stuff, though, I want to backtrack a bit because I saw a, a really nice post from you the other day online, basically reflecting on the last year of your life before all this madness hit. And uh, as somebody who knows you and has seen this physical and emotional and mental transformation in you, um, I wonder if you wouldn't mind just sharing with us the uh, the journey that you've been on over the last year of, you know, I guess, rediscovery and... And the health kick you've been on, because you seem to be in a really great place mentally, physically. All of this current stuff aside, it seems like life was uh was pretty sweet up until then. Yeah, man, it's it's a
1: long, sordid story that uh, I've only told half, if not even half of. But uh, the short of it is, um, you know, going through a pretty crazy divorce, um, a total just a life-changing event for many reasons. But, um, you know, in retrospect, it's the best thing that ever happened to me um, on on many levels. One, being my health, as you mentioned, I'm the healthiest I think I've ever been. Uh, (laughs) Being predominantly plant-based diet and uh, just getting in shape. And I had a lot of health issues before. I was bloated, I was drinking way too much, um, stressed, depressed and uh, i'm none of those things now i have cut way 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 back on the boozing and uh, my diet's great i've lost a total of 30 pounds since the transition and i wow. got energy uh on stage i feel better my my mental state of mind is better and uh i fell in love with a, a woman who was just uh incredible and she's helped turn my life around as well just giving me the kind of love that i didn't know existed so life is uh definitely really good for me right now as far as that's concerned but uh it it definitely took a little while to get there and you know the past year has been great but prior to that you know some really shitty things had to happen but I think that's uh par for the course in life you know you go through hard times you, you struggle you suffer you you endure it and on the other side of it thankfully for for some of us you know it feels like it's worth it it's all worth it
0: well, cliches are cliche for a reason, right? Because they're true. And that age old <laughs> adage of what doesn't kill you makes you stronger really does apply, I think, to, to life.
1: I certainly feel that way in my personal life. Absolutely. I feel it's the most at peace I've been with myself. And it's a really good feeling. It's, it's it's funny because it's sometimes it's unsettling because you're like oh well, what's going to happen next? So times, I'm so used to like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. preparing for the you know the other shoe drop as they say, and it's just it's just not happening, and it's just it's it's a relief. That's probably a good word for it too. I feel relieved that I'm I'm where I am now, so very grateful for that.
0: It's funny, man. I'm like deep down a Mark Maron rabbit hole at the moment. I'm listening to a lot of his podcasts. I'm reading the book transcription of his podcasts, and I've just been watching. You know, his specials on Netflix, including the new one. But the one prior to that, Thinky Pain, I think it was called. There's a, a bit where he's talking about trying meditation. And he says the minute that he finally cracked it and reached that plateau, he realized in that moment, ah, this is pretty good, but it's not going to last. <laughs> and it's yeah. like that mindset, isn't it? Of you look around and you go oh, I'm, I'm blissed out right now, but this can't go on. This is too good to be true kind of thing. <laughs> I think people like me and you are inbuilt that way, aren't we? To always question happiness in that sense. Well, well,
1: yeah, when you're sort of like, your brain sort of is trained that way where, you know, you get up and someone knocks you right down, especially if it's the same person doing that, you know, you just lose your faith, you lose your trust in humanity, and, you know, for me, it was the person I trusted most that was like constantly knocking me down, so that was rough to get over, but, um, again, you know, I'm on the other side of it, and
0: much stronger and wiser for it, no regrets on that, uh, that end. Good times, man. Well, listen, we've got a lot to talk about, but right now I want to break for the first of your five tracks to soundtrack the end of the world. Uh, Obviously, the world is not going to end. We know that, but, um, you know, it feels kind of like it might at any point. (laughs) And I like your selections because they're, I guess, you know, a good representation of the cross-section of your musical personalities. The first one is a bit of Ambient Electronica from The Orb, Um, The song is Plateau. Tell us about this track and then we'll go into it. Yeah, so uh, the Orb in
1: general are probably my most frequent listening to music of all time, period, ever. Uh, Believe it or not, most people probably wouldn't believe that, but um, that duo changed everything for me sonically uh, when I heard their uh, record UF Orb when I was a kid at a late night program. It was like a radio program, like two in the morning where they were playing, you know, ambient stuff and I just happened to stumble upon it when I was... Really high, and uh, (laughs) that was it. It changed everything for me. Uh, This particular song, though, uh, it's just one that I, you know, if you look at how many times I've listened to it, it's kind of part of my um, regular routine of relaxation. When I just need to sort of switch off, and anytime I put it on, it just puts me in a really good mood and a really good place. Uh, I think these two uh, The Orb are genius They just create another world With their soundscapes and Some of it's danceable, some of it's not Some of it's just odd little samples But everything they've ever created Until this day, to me, is just genius They're masters of sound And this is a really soothing, relaxing track That I felt like if I was getting ready for the end I would want to be relaxed And accept it And be in a good place and I could see myself listening to this as a as shit hits the fans.
0: <laughs> part of it is acceptance isn't it right well if this is the way it's going down buckle up and uh, not enjoy the ride but at least see it through and now folks for an old familiar favor we've had many requests for this it's a simple little
2: sentimental song and i certainly hope all you sentimental folks out there are going to enjoy it ready fellas let's go
0: We should talk about this. Um, I'm sorry to bring it up, but I guess a lot of people listening will want to know the the impact, really, of the, the pandemic on your your livelihood as a touring musician. Uh, you were, yeah. Am I right in thinking you were two dates? Was it two shows you'd done? Two shows in, yep. In it, it was already kicking off to be the most successful tour we've had in years. Well, dude, the lineup <laughs> alone, which people will know if they're a fan of Killswitch and know the history. Obviously, the bill was you guys at the top. Uh, august burns red below you and then opening up the show was of course howard's new band um yeah light the torch yep. and that in and of itself is as you say it has all the ingredients for a historic tour in the making and you probably felt that even in just those two initial shows right how were they we did
1: yeah they were incredible the energy was electric and you know, it was, it, your first couple shows, you're still kind of warming up. So, you know, to us, it was that third show. It's usually third show the charm. Yeah. And uh, Howard coming out and doing a, a duet with me with Signal Fire. And we had a little surprise where he'd come out and do another song unannounced. And uh, the vibe of it was just family, everybody, even on day two. Because sometimes it takes you a week or 2 to it'll warm up to everybody everyone's sort of just getting in the in the mode of tour and then you start socializing a lot more you know sort of the business aspect is, is over you've laid out your plans your stage is working properly and on day two all of us were already starting to hang out and like chat with each other and just be in a really good place and it just felt like oh this is this is why i love touring you know this is it right here the vibe and it was just the carpet pulled right out from underneath us so it was hard for all of us and then on the other side of it, you know, and no one wants to hear musicians complain about income, but it it was a heavy hit for us. And then right after that, Iron Maiden got pulled out, so it's just two in a row. It just that would have been, you know, a nice paycheck to help pay my bills. And we haven't played a show in a while, so it it definitely hurts us. But thankfully, you know, we've got the small amount of royalties, and there's so. a there's foundations out there to help give money to struggling musicians out there. So there's a little, little help here and there, but I think for me it's just been about like being really thankful for what I've got, knowing that, uh, you know, God willing, this won't last too long and and just hunkering down and living simple, which I'm used to doing anyway.
0: Yeah. And obviously the impact goes beyond just the, the musicians to the crew and the whole, as you say, the family, the unit around the band, the people that make it happen behind the scenes their absolute bread and butter is live shows and tours isn't it and it looks like there's going to be no they they don't have
1: stash they don't have royalties coming in these guys will go home and you know i speak for our crew is a couple we keep on and pay them a semi-salary to help out you know but uh for the most part these guys are going home and they go work in their local clubs like they're gigging non-stop they're working people you know and we pay them decent but yeah, you know, not enough to sustain them for six, seven months of no work. Yep. So, yeah, it's definitely much worse off for the crew. So we do what we can when the numbers are crunched. We always try to give bonuses and take care of because they're our family, you know. But this this time, it's just like we're all still in shock. We're all trying to figure out how this is going to pan out. And it's very uncertain as far as that stuff's concerned. And it, it, my heart definitely goes out to all the... The working crew and, and sound you know technicians. That's that's a tough thing. You can't go home and work. Everything's shut down.
0: It's brutal. What's going on with the dates with your own headline shows, and then of course the Maiden ones as well? Have they been rescheduled? Of new dates been announced as of yet, or is that <laughs> going to be the meeting you are having after this call with me to decide yeah, all of that yeah, later it's today? Funny,
1: funny you say that. Yes, yeah, <laughs> the call I have right after you is to discuss everything. But uh, I know where we. Um, as soon as the, the headline tour was was um, announced to be postponed um, and I should be using the word postponed, not cancelled for that yeah. um, we've already been working on that for, for um, you know, I believe like September October time frame uh, and hopefully with the same lineup, but um, that's to be seen, but that's what we're working for we're shooting for, as far as Maiden that's a totally different beast uh, <laughs> pun of intended yeah. um, because you know, they operate on a different level and we're even honoured just to be even asked to do that, you know um Again again time. yeah 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 which is just really cool that they they would even do that so um we don't know if we're going to be uh, included in that uh, we're just hoping that that is the case when it does get rescheduled so that's to be seen but um our first uh, uh priority right now is getting this headline tour back on the tracks uh, when we can so hopefully in the autumn that'll be happening again
0: well i've got my fingers crossed for you mate uh the second song on your list is by the Mighty Whalers. Uh, obviously everybody who knows you knows despite the fact that you're very much firmly in the metal world reggae is your heart and soul um yes. man chant why this one i always thought that
1: that's just the perfect uh and, and and not in a morbid way a funeral song it, it feels like you know i love the, the image i get is you know going down to new orleans and seeing the parades they throw for people who are you know, funeral processions or parades they're celebrations and that song, to me, was always like, if I die, I want that blasting, and I want people like, to sing along to it. It's such a beautiful song. It just says, like, you know, death isn't to the end. It's just my work here is done. I've got other work to do. i got to go fly away to home. And I love the message of that. It just, to me, it's such a great, beautiful song in the way that Bob wrote about death. And, and And it's just stuck with me ever since I was a young guy when I first heard it. I was like, that's a great funeral song. And some of my friends have thought it's odd, but... I don't know. It's just The way I view death is different. I don't see it necessarily as a sad, it's all over type of thing. I like to believe it's just a, a step towards another uh, existence or another plane, and that song kind of like speaks to me in that way.
0: Talking about, you know, death and the afterlife there, I'm very much of that same opinion. Like I had an accident, which we spoke about a few years back. And after I had that, that totally rewired me and made me think about, you know, life and death in a different way. And I don't really find myself getting anxious or stressed or, you know, I, I don't fear death if I can be so bold as to say that. I mean, um, if it was a painful yeah, way to go, right. I probably would. But, you know, there's something yeah. for me about this is one existence and this is beautiful and amazing and make every day count. But I certainly, although I'm not a religious person, believe that there's so much more to this journey after this mortal existence. And in that sense, yeah. for me, like the idea of the end of the world, even if it was going to come, I would uh, perhaps not embrace. That might be too strong a word, but I'd certainly accept and you know, I look forward to the next step. Yeah, I mean it's
1: inevitable, and I completely agree with, with everything you said there. As far as you know, I've I've spent my life contemplating that type of stuff. Being raised a you know son of a preacher man, but um, you know as I've gotten older, I've I've let go of the um, the uh, sort of control of organized religion and really expanded my mind a lot further out and sort of left it open ended. You know, I think that's only the The more knowledge you you gain, right, the more wisdom you gain, the less you realize you know. And I feel like for me, I enjoy and sort of revel in the idea of we don't know. Nobody knows what's coming. And you could see that as a scary thing or you can see that as a beautiful thing. And I've decided to choose that it's a beautiful thing regardless of my uncertainty of what actually happens and uh you know it's inevitable it's going to happen so either you you go into it with fear in your heart and anxiety which is not the greatest way to travel to another plane or you
0: sort of peacefully accept it i would like to think that that's how i would go as well well that's the only certain thing in life right is that we all die that is the only sure bet (laughs) (laughs) Hey, dude, let me ask you this. How happy are you right now that you moved away and out of the city? Uh, Because in times like this, I guess where you are, I mean, you can tell us about where you are in a minute, but I guess that's exactly the place you want to be, right, for isolation and quarantine.
1: Yeah, you couldn't be more accurate. You know, my girlfriend and I are sort of like, we've already talked about it. We've gone backpacking up in the the woods here. And, you know, if the world goes to shit, we're just going to go up in the mountains and not come back down, man. Um, I love it steps from the mountains. I'm in the right on the edge of the Catskill Mountains up here in upstate New York and it's already quiet up here. I moved up here for the peace and quiet and for a much, much, much more inexpensive way to live and more space. You know, I got a nice big backyard with a fire pit. I can hear the birds in the morning. There's no traffic, no sirens, none of that stuff. But now since this thing has hit, it's even gotten quieter because there's no air traffic. People aren't out on their, you know, motorcycles and ATVs and it's just dead quiet. It's creepily quiet, but yeah, I'd much, much rather be up here. You know, and as I'm speaking, I'm watching a huge flock of birds fly by my window. Nice. I'd much rather be up here than, you know, in quarantine in the city with, you know, the energy of people, you can sense if you're a sensitive person, you can sense the energy of people. And I know there's a lot of anxiety and panic and rightly so. But uh, I've just done my best to really not feed into that side. Of of my thinking, and when you're in a city, you're surrounded by it. You can't escape that. You can feel it. if you're living in an apartment complex with 200 people, you're sensing their energy regardless. You know, and I'm really happy to be you know be out here where at night I can go up and look into the Milky Way and listen to the wind. And when I wake up in the morning and open my window, I hear the birds chirping, and it's just a whole different state of mind up here. And uh, again, I can make my great escape if I need to. If, uh, if lockdown and martial law and all this bullshit happens, I'm gonna get my my weapons and my gear, and we're gonna go live in the mountains and disappear.
0: <laughs> That's my plan, dude. It sounds like a foolproof plan. I mean, what's yeah, like the Red? That movie, The Red Dawn. I'm gonna be a Wolverine, man. <laughs> a revolutionary Wolverine. What's the vibe on the the East Coast of the states right now? Obviously, you're out of the city, but I assume you're tuned into you know what's going on over there in terms of like the the lockdown scenario um east coast sort of um, situation what's 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 the vibe over there yeah
1: it's, it's you're getting two, two sides from different people you know there's people who are just angry and upset and an, anxiety filled and they're complaining about the lockdown and then you got people who are like you know just stay clean ride it out you know keep under control and things aren't so bad play board games with your kids so you know you get both of it you get the people who are panicking and angry and um upset and you get the people who are sort of zen-like and spending more time with their kids and you know doing projects around the house they've been meaning to do so i think it's all your state of mind but i you know i guess when you have a financial issue as well that exacerbates the whole thing and i know friends of mine who uh who do have that and it doesn't matter how calm you want to be about things if you don't know how you're going to get food that's a a pretty scary prospect yeah so it's, it's kind of a mixed bag um But I think for the most part, you know, especially New Yorkers are a very resilient breed of people. I think everyone just wants to get through this and get on the other side of it and party, which I'm assuming is probably going to happen in New York City once this shit blows
0: over. Oh, dude, can you imagine? (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be off the chain. Um Yeah let's break for another track right now. You've got some Viking metal in the mix. Uh, love it. Why not? Amon um, Amarth, Valhalla awaits me again. Very topical. Uh, tell me about your relationship with this band, this type of music and why this track is in the list.
1: Yeah. I've always been a fan of, of sort of uh, Viking culture and, uh, being part Swedish and Scandinavian blood in me, and I've got also Scottish Highland in me. So it's the warrior class, the old clans, and the Vikings—I've so always been super fascinated by that. And was reading about it in books prior to you know it becoming sort of pop culture and TV shows, whether it be Vikings or Game of Thrones. So I've always really been sort of into it. And to me when i first heard him on a then and saw the visual of that band i was like to me this is metal like that's the kind of metal like when i was younger and i thought what metal could be it's like the soundtrack to like an orc battle you <laughs> yeah, know on lord yeah, of the rings yeah. and i just think like, that i adore that record i think it's incredible it's and that song particularly just makes me want to like rip my shirt off and grab my axe and and challenge my enemy and just like stare at death and sort of like with that attitude of, like, bring it on, I'm ready for it, I'm ready to go where my ancestors are. Uh, It's just an ultimate battle cry. And I think if, uh, you know, I were to go down fighting, that would be the soundtrack to it with my axe in my hand. (laughs) And I do have an axe, yes. I was
0: going to say, do you have an axe? Of course you do. Of course you do. Yeah, I got got two. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? At least it's springtime that this is happening in. I think it would be such a worst-case scenario for everybody but particularly you know people who are you know on the streets for one but you know just people who are perhaps broke and can't afford bills like if it was winter time when this was happening right now it would be such a worst case scenario i think
1: yeah yeah i mean that's like for me it's still you know it just snowed the other day it's still fairly cold up here but spring is on its way but i'm watching my heat you know i got oil heat up here and i'm watching my oil tank like please just last like it's warm out here please but uh, yeah, you're right. If it would have been the dead of winter, we would have been in a lot of trouble, especially people who don't have homes. That's brutal. Yeah, the whole situation is really sad if you think of it on that terms. But, you know, things could be worse. It could always be worse. And the weather changing and, you know, things starting to warm up is definitely a huge plus for that. <laughs>
0: Government taking care of people financially in your country. There's just been some measures introduced over here where people on salaries are going to be getting 80% of their wage, which is incredible. But what's going on stateside with that, with you know government yeah, support? On my,
1: on my end, there's definitely like a, a couple of organizations that are helping uh, musicians pay their rent. At least I'm just sending my lease in today to an organization that will help. And you know, and I, I urge. I'm going, once I get all the information, I'm going to put it up on my Instagram. But I urge people who are creative types and independent types uh, you know artists and of the like to definitely do some research because there is stuff available here in the states but it's it looks like you know not quite as much as uh, as generous as other countries you know because we're such a broke-ass country but uh, there is aid but it's not uh, you know it's really not going to keep all the uh, bills paid but at the very least it'll help people get some food and supplies until this blows over so it could be worse but uh, it definitely could be better in this country as well you know i think that speaks a lot to do with our economy and and uh, the chain of power for the past uh, 50 years or so just been in Total decline, but uh, that's a whole other issue of of uh, stuff that uh, I should probably keep to myself because I'm sure I could piss a
0: lot of people off. With <laughs> <laughs> I guess as well, men like you and me aren't as uh, informed and educated as we we could be in the uh, you know the complex nature of you know U.S. and U.K. politics. I try and stay out of it, man. My politics are very immediate. My circle is you know my friends, my family. Act good, do good, be kind, yeah, and man. be responsible as as much as i can and then you know any damage i want to do do unto myself at home <laughs> yeah i feel like for me there's only so much
1: attention i can pay to to, to half information and, and deception and propaganda i'm just tired of it so yeah, I pay attention a little bit but i definitely don't uh, rest my laurels or put any faith in the system to to be able to save or extricate me from a, a situation so i'm pretty much an independent thinker uh, and i'm not left i'm not right i call bullshit on the whole thing
0: amen <laughs> You and me are the same in that regard, mate. we're just in the middle, scratching our heads I don't like <laughs> what <the fuck? laughs> what's going on w- w- looking ahead like when we come out of this, if and when, um you know what do you see changing on you know either a societal level or even just in our world as as entertainers and people in the music industry, like what kind of positive changes do you see on the horizon as a result of this experience and this lockdown and people I guess waking up to how privileged and and lucky we are to get to go to gigs and to get to go to pubs and play in the park with groups of friends and all of that I mean you don't know what you got till it's gone as Joni Mitchell said and now it's gone for everyone you would like to think that when it comes back there'll be like a newfound vigor and appreciation and you reckon Yeah,
1: I do. I I definitely think that there's going to be a widespread appreciation for for things like you had stated, going out to to music, just gathering in groups of people, that that social contact, you know. Even for a hermit like me, I'm I'm missing it. I'm missing the laughter the the way that you can interact with people. And it's a beautiful thing that all of us take for granted. And, uh, you know, especially live music, the, the charge you get from that, whether it's performing it or taking it in, there's a certain magic to that and i've always known that ever since i was a kid that's why i was so drawn to it and i've, I've given my entire life to it but uh yeah i definitely think people have taken it for granted because it's just they're like oh this band's just going to come around again anyway so i guarantee you once when shows start popping up again they're going to be selling out people going to be scrambling for it
0: yeah because gone with that mentality life, of like oh i'll like, oh, get it. them on the next run kind of thing yeah
1: yeah that mentality hopefully will will definitely be uh be gone um You know, and and being a realist, it's not going to last forever, but I feel like there's going to be a nice real wave of, of, um, you know, just people going out in droves doing things that they've been missing. And I think the restaurant industry is going to see a huge boom as well, pubs, restaurants. And that's another uh, faction of people I feel terrible for, bartenders and waitstaff and cooks and chefs. That's that's tough. And they're, you know, in their own way, they're people who are sort of our... um, Therapy, You know, going out to eat is a huge therapy for me. I love that stuff, that sociable element of it. And I think there's going to be a new appreciation for that as well. Uh, and I think that's what you have to do. You have to t- sort of take stock of, of what you got and uh, what you don't have when it's gone. And, and that's very important. And I think another thing that I know for me personally... And I'm sure I'm not the only one. Uh, I'm gonna start be paying real more attention to s- sort of putting a stash of money away and maybe putting a stash of things away just in case this shit happens again because it caught me unprepared for sure. I'm not gonna lie. I'm sort of like kicking myself in the ass like why was I not more prepared for certain things? So I think preparedness is another element that I think uh, is gonna be trickling through society as well. Like be a little more cautious and, and less sort of careless with your lifestyle.
0: Well, dude, this is literally that rainy day they've been telling us about our whole lives, isn't it? Save up for a rainy day. And I've always been somebody who lives like one or two paid gigs away from being broke. That's just how I roll. <laughs> yeah, and then... that's kind of how I've been my whole life. <laughs> And then all my DJ gigs for March and April got canceled. I'd booked my first ever solo DJ tour in all these cities across the UK. Yeah. I was like, that money's going to get me through up till summer. Then I've got festival yeah. season. It's all going to be great. It's fine. And then, you know, I mean, summer festival season's going to look very different this year as well. That's the other thing yeah. is like some festivals have already postponed or pulled. I'm sure there's going to be a lot more. And so for me now, there's like, you know, there's no kind of like gig around the corner that's gonna pull yeah. me out of this, so I'm like, "Fuck, man!" That's why I'm doing these radio yeah. shows and just trying to hustle from home because it's like there's no stash for me, there's no savings. So um, yeah. I hear you on that. I've got to start building up that pot for the for, you know for the second rainy day, as and when yes, that sir. hits. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh huh. Neurosis, buddy. Is it Eon yeah. or Aeon? How am I saying this song? I guess it depends where you come from. Right? Okay. Eon,
1: Eon. It does tomato, tomato, whatever. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, but uh, kind of what period of the band is this from? Because they've gone through different sort uh, of shapes and styles over the years, haven't they?
1: Yeah, this is the, uh, I think it's 90, was it 92, 93. I could be wrong on the date, but the album is Enemy of the Sun. This is right when they just were starting to go into the netherworlds of psychedelia metal. like The album that sort of like turned everything around for me personally and for anyone who was paying attention to that band, you know, I think they're severely... Severely underrated band for what they've done for music and metal.
0: Um, well, you can see one. the huge influence on, like, a, you know, a Mastodon, for instance.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. It runs through a lot of bands that probably don't even know they're influenced by it because they're influenced by a band that was influenced by Neurosis. Neurosis are the OGs, and uh, their entire catalog is incredible. But this song, for me particularly, just sounds like, and and what I love about Neurosis, they they have an element of, there's almost like an animalistic element. When I saw them live for the first time it felt like I was watching these guys who were channeling wolves and bears and the spirit world, and they just really connected, especially at this time in their music, they were starting to really get into psychedelia and get into, like, paganism and turning their eyes towards nature and the darker elements of death and very poetic stuff. The lyrics are incredible, and just the sheer sound of that song reminds me of someone standing at the edge of the world and sort of with their arms outstretched being like, what do you got bring it, I'm ready. I love the, the, the sound of the screams and the way that uh, the music just goes in and out. I, I don't know, that whole record to me is incredible. Um, and then the album that follows that up, Through Silver and Blood, is another masterpiece in my mind. And both of those albums, period, could be the soundtrack to the apocalypse or the end of the world.
0: So listen, dude, the, the final thing I'd like to talk to you about uh, is kind of wellness, well-being, staying sane, staying happy, staying healthy through this crazy time because I think everybody is kind of looking around and thinking, how can I get through this? What have been so far? I know we're very early on, but what have been your coping mechanisms and what would you suggest to anybody out there listening who might be struggling with the isolation and being cooped up? And yeah, I'd say
1: the first thing Top is, tips uh, to get you know,
0: through it. Yeah, really fortunate that I have... Um,
1: you know, an amazing partner that I live with, my girlfriend, her and I have been really sort of helping each other. So that helps first, is like appreciating the person that you're quarantined with and really developing that relationship, which not everyone has that. So if you're alone, that's even harder. So my, my advice, and again, living up in the country, it's a little different here because we have space, but exercise is so important, man. I've been getting out and just doing hikes and riding my bike and just, you know, putzing around in my backyard, doing yard work getting the blood going and like really you know breaking trying to break a sweat at least every other day or so has helped me a lot so i'd say that's number one get you know getting the blood going getting moving getting exercise second is um really taking my time and cooking and making food i find it very therapeutic and uh eating healthy you know i've been doing a lot of things with uh, you know Ayurvedic spices indian spices garlics gingers those types of things really help with your overall wellness and also your state of mind as well and cutting back on on the boozing and all that stuff like that stuff is going to eventually just depress you so you got to be really careful with that i'm I, you know i'll have like a drink after dinner or one with dinner but people who are big time drinkers definitely slow down on that stuff because it's not going to help it's going to depress you so i think it's just doing stuff you like and i've been binging on star wars i started from the first one and
0: are you on the disney one. plus tip are you yeah. yeah. I broke down <laughs> that certainly I, arrived at the right time, hasn't it? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, I broke down because I saw they had Simpson's and Star Wars. I was like, "All
2: right, I got to do this crap. <laughs> so
1: that's been helping and, and laughter, laughter's huge. Huge, huge huge as well. Like try to find funny things to watch or just uh, you know, be creative as well. Being I've been writing a bunch of electronic music and
0: Oh yeah. And, I was going to ask yeah, you if you've been yeah, sort yeah. of writing yeah, my or my girl doing and I anything. Have a
1: project we've sort of been working on here and there we have one song up online but um she's got me into a lot of electronic music and and some of the early dubstep which i kind of missed out on and uh, i've been toying with industrial dubstep metal ish kind of stuff so i've been toying with things yeah so that that's just being being creative as well it's huge but i
0: think it's just about knowing yourself and you know what in these
1: times a mixed blessing in disguise is uh you have time now to sort of self-reflect you have time now to uh maybe sort of face those demons you've been running from, you know, those people who go out to the pubs and drink every night to forget their worries. It's a time now to reflect and hopefully heal as hard as that is. I think that's super important for some people. Maybe start looking in the mirror a little deeper and, and uh, start hashing through some of that baggage you've been carrying around.
0: Dude, what a pleasure right now. I think, uh, you know, I I needed this chat myself. So um, thanks for taking the time out, dude. Yeah, same brother, same.
2: Always a pleasure, man. Always a
0: fucking pleasure. And the last song that we're going to hear, I've got to make sure I get the right one because there's so many versions and, you know, variations. But uh, but Beethoven, Ludwig, Ludwig van. Um, yes. Symphony Number no. 6 in F major. Um, there's a specific version of this which you've sent me the link to. I'll make sure I get the right one. Um, why this song in particular? Obviously, his catalogue <laughs> is insane. Um, is this the one that just ticks the right emotional box? Yes, yes.
1: And that's on a very positive sort of note. Um, To me, when I hear this song, it reminds me of, you know, I sort of picture in my head, if you will. And this is silly, but this comes from my childhood. So I have a really odd, overprotected childhood where I can only listen to certain types of music. And this particular song, when I would hear it, would remind me of running through fields or just sort of like... um, spring being sprung you know that that first moment that smell you get when the flowers start to bloom and this to me is the soundtrack of life it just sounds like a rebirth it sounds like you know the inner child and he wants to go run out and play hide and go seek with your friends it just got this innocence and this beauty to it that i can't really put my thumb on what it is but the way he wrote this song from the way it starts to the to the way that it it builds up and bursts into this huge sound it, it could almost even be a metal song in a way but the way it's written it just feels like it builds into this huge explosion and calms down and has like a great breakdown if you will it's probably one of my favorite pieces of music of all time and i love a lot of beethoven and bach and, and certain certain composers but yeah if i were to pick one song out of all of those things that just makes me feel a certain way it's this song and it's a positive feeling it's not a sort of doom and gloom feeling it's like a, you know again facing the impending quote-unquote doom that we all think death is or the end of the world is going to be with sort of a more positive outlook of like oh this is just going to be a rebirth